it actually worked. Um, oh, that was, a, that was a tough act to follow, Mike. You had, uh, you had a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, I just ooh, feel like I should have spent more time was on my slide and my intro. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Dave. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of topics tonight. Uh, the first one is finding a problem that's worth solving. So you might be looking to start a new business, you have an idea, you're not sure if it's a good one or not. Uh, went through that with uh, RBC Ventures and uh, I'll talk about the process we use. The second one is profitable acquisition of new customers. So this is uh, what I currently do. I'm a product manager at Shopify, so just uh, some, some tips that could help you find people online more profitably. So just a bit of my background, um, I'm currently a senior product manager at Shopify, uh, basically I've been working kind of in the, the back end of, of different things, things that are quite technical but really add to the bottom line of uh, merchants, um, so making it quite easy for them to acquire customers online without breaking the bank. And then prior to that, I spent four years at RBC Ventures. Uh, and I founded uh, a business at the bank, it was called Rental Shield, and also I was the head of product uh, for another venture called uh, Moosedown. And previously I was a uh, product manager uh, different startups at our ventures, probably for the, the past 12 years or so. Okay, so the first part, um, finding problems that are worth selling. So uh, I'll, I'll basically, show you uh, the business that we came up with. It was the, a payment tool in the vendimation business called Rental Shield. And um, I'll start with the, the one we came up with, but then talk about the process. So RBC Ventures, this was about four years ago. They, they hired people to develop new businesses that went beyond banking. These businesses were either acquired or they were partnerships, or they had the ability for people to start businesses from scratch. Uh, this is this is what I did, and it was probably some of the funnest time of my career. Basically, getting paid to ideate ideas and then using the bank's money to try and come up and make them work. Um, so, th so this is what uh, we came up with. Uh, basically, a renovations payments platform. Uh, we saw there was a big issue in the renovation industry, and I'll talk about that with, with trust between contractors and homeowners. And this was a payment tool that basically provided trust where there wasn't. It basically held money in escrow that could be held within the app, it could be released, it could be held back, and everything was done digitally, it was done online, and it had the backing of the bank. Uh, this was a, a fun little uh, promo video. I'll see if the, the sound actually works. Contractors have been given a bad rap. Clients have been given a bad rap. You guys gotta listen to this. Because the sound's not working, but basically it was uh, a renovation podcast that we went on, and uh, we were promoting it. We had customers. Uh, ultimately, uh, it didn't make it to, to full scale, but the process was, was great, and, and this is what I'm gonna talk about. So, somebody came to you and asked you, have a look at the Canadian renovation industry and come up with a business that is viable and is something that could scale across Canada, how would you go about it? Well, um, this was the process we used and um, 
it's really common for people to jump to solutions right away, but uh, what will help ground your idea is try and figure out what are the problems that you want to solve first. So the first thing you want to do is look at different market research, uh, hop into interviews, and the interviews are very contextual. You're asking people about what that problem was and how they actually experienced it. And then there's something called outcome-driven innovation. So I'll, I'll bring you through that and talk a bit more, but it's a way to weight the different problems and to help you target the ones you want to go after. Um, so market research, nothing groundbreaking about this. Uh, there were some interesting stats that came up though. Uh, so pretty big market, $80 billion in Canada, renovations. For renovations that people know about, um, a lot of the renovation is, is done under the table of cash, but the, the ones that are reported, it's about $80 billion market. 10% of people in Toronto actually get their deposits stolen. So there's people that go around, they poise, them, they, 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 they show themselves as a contractor, and they, they just rip off people. Like 10% of people in Toronto just get ripped off. They pay the deposit and they never come back. And other major cities, it's about 7%. You don't see it as much in, in smaller uh, cities because people know each other, but it is something that's happening. And then these two stats were, were very uh, much eye-opening. 64% of homeowners don't trust their contractors, and 53% have problems with the renovation. So basically an industry with all types of problems. So we want to interview people and like hear from them what their problems were. The key thing here is not to like pitch people on a solution. Hey, if I had this payment app, would it work for you? You have to find out like what are the key problems and are they the problems that are worth solving? So a tip for interviews, if you ever do customer interviews and want to know more, I highly recommend this book. It's called The Mom Test. The idea is if you have a great business idea and you were to pitch it to somebody like your mom or somebody that's close to you, uh, what this book tells you is those people don't want to let you down, so they'll likely lie to you. They'll tell you that it's the best idea ever. It's going to make you a lot of money. But unfortunately, they're lying. So this book talks about how to ask questions so you get to the truth of what people really need. Um, so the interviews, this was really scrappy. Like Even though it was part of the bank, we didn't through some agency to recruit people. We created Facebook ads and we drove people to like Google Forms. So the point is it's pretty accessible. You can do this very easy. We offered $25. We talked to 10 people one hour each and we got a lot of good insights. There are 10 different people, actually 12. Um, and then we created the outcome survey. So this is, again, looking at the problem and looking at the outcomes people want to achieve. So when I talk about an outcome, it's like getting a reliable contractor, having a renovation that's delivered on time and on budget. Those are outcomes people want. But those aren't necessarily really important to people. Or maybe they are really important, but they have a good solution already. Those aren't necessarily things you want to go after. So after we had our themes and ideas of what people potentially wanted, we went back and we surveyed uh, a couple hundred people. And uh, we basically came up with different opportunities. The opportunities lied in the things that were high importance, 
but they had a low level of satisfaction kind of in this area. You could have problems that were really high importance, but they have a high level, level of satisfaction. It, it means like there's probably a really good solution in the market out there that you don't necessarily want to go after. So um, this is probably going to read it, but you know some of the ones that basically said to us were big opportunities. So big one was unexpected cost. Like it always goes over cost with the renovation. Uh, another one is like finding a reliable contractor. Those are things that people have high importance but low satisfaction. So uh, that was only part of the story. So the other part was the contractors as well too. In the news, a lot of the media likes to talk about contractors as being the villain. All these people that go around and, and basically steal people's money. However, what we found was, uh, it's also true, there's great contractors out there that get ripped off by consumers, um, by homeowners. So there's some different quotes, you know, David said, we've always been hurt by a contractor. I've always been chasing payments. That's what contracting is all about. I have to tighten up the payment schedule uh, to protect myself. And I feel defenseless when the client refuses to pay. Litigation will end up costing more. So uh, a lack of trust on both sides. And that's where we thought we could step in and uh, create rental shield. And this is kind of how we summed up the problem. There's so much on the line, homeowners and contractors are too exposed during renovations. Both contractors and homeowners are getting ripped off. So, so that's a problem that can be solved by many different things. But you know that it is a valid problem and it is something that you can continue to iterate on and go after. So it's a good way to uh, figure out, you know, if your solution that you might think of is directed towards the right problem. And also, you know, you can pivot pretty easily too because you know that problem is still going to be there even if your initial solution doesn't work. So some of the key points, when speaking to customers, really try and, and focus on the problems they want to solve. Uh, determine which problems have high importance or low satisfaction. And avoid uh, pitching your solution and asking them if it's a good idea. It's likely going to lead to false positives. The, the best way to test a solution that you have is put it out into the market and see if people actually pay for it or not. So, so that's the first topic. Um, I'm also happy to take questions too, or we can talk about it afterwards. Um, the, the next topic talks about digital advertising, so it is quite a bit different. However, you know, let's say you have your startup and you have a problem, you have a great solution, you need to find people. And what I, I generally work with is, is digital ad space and help people drive traffic to different websites. So I'll talk about that. So let's, let's take an example here. This is a fictional uh, website. They're selling jackets. How do I get people to my site? Exactly, right? Like it's, that's a perfect ad. That's a perfect ad. It's shown it to one person, and that person wants to buy. That's what you want to do. Yeah, we have to see if he actually puts his money up, right? So. Uh, this is uh, pretty basic, but there's many ways to get traffic to your site, to get potential buyers. So people could fill in what the actual, sorry, my, my alarm's going off. 
um, they could fill in what your URL is and go direct to the site. Uh, you might have your email and their SMS and their phone number. You might be able to send them a message. Uh, you might be able to improve your site uh, so that it ranks higher in search results. And then you get over to different, you can pay for different keywords, you can pay for ads as well. I'm gonna focus on the paid part. That's not to say these other kind of owned organic parts, they're quite important. Uh, but, but people, uh, unfortunately today, with all the distractions online and that, uh, many businesses need to put money into ads to drive people to the site. So this, this kind of goes without saying, and probably many people know this, but these large advertising platforms collect vast amounts of data on people. All these people that they have on their platforms, they know them very well. Uh, it's been reported that Facebook has 29,000 data points on the average user. And they have, I think, 3 billion people right now online um, on, on their site. So the missing ingredient, though, with this is they don't know which of those people are going to buy that jacket. So let's just go through a basic ad targeting example. So what happens is you go to an ad platform, you say, I want to target people from the, the Milton Innovation Group, and you want to target people on the front. They, they see the ad, hopefully they click on it, and then they go to your site, they add it to the cart, they put on their payment information, and purchase. Um, what the ad platform knows is really the first two steps. And steps three through seven occur on your site. In reality, these, these algorithms on the sites that, that pick the person to show the ad to, uh, they need a lot of direction and data to figure out who is that right person. And they do that by, by showing it to thousands of people. The, the goal that you're sitting on is the people that come to your site and, and what they do on your site. And you need to transfer that data back to those ad platforms more efficiently. So that's where you might have heard the term pixels or, or tags. You might, you might have heard of that before with digital advertising. That's where they come in. So they're a little piece of code, JavaScript code, that runs on your site. And 24-7, they're basically sending data back. The data they're sending back is like a page view or a product view or add to cart or somebody you know, purchased something. The ad platforms use that information to optimize who to show the ads to. And uh, with higher purchase intent, or sorry, events with higher purchase intent, so those are like the ones that get farther down the funnel, those are the ones that are rated highest. So if you look at kind of the intent to buy, when somebody first comes to your site, they might just see a, a page view or product view, and then as they go down the funnel to get close to the purchase, uh, those are the people that have the highest intent to buy or they actually purchase. So the ad platforms really prioritize these purchase events to find other people on their platform to send to your site. So they'll see uh, this gentleman here who purchased a the site, they'll have 29,000 data points on him. They'll find other people like him on the platform in probably the target area I'm looking and show that ad to them and then send them to the site. So really leveraging all that vast information they have on the people on their platform. But unfortunately, there's a problem. 
So a lot of the data that is sent back, 98% of it is anonymous. And a lot of it's powered by these different third-party cookies that allow to do that. And a lot of that is continuously going away. Um, as you get farther down into the funnel, there's usually email or phone numbers. Because the data that happens onto your site, those ad platforms need to know who is that user. So the way they, they match that is usually with an email or a phone or a cookie. Um, so what does this mean? If there's no identity, there's no optimizations. Um, if, a, if an event doesn't have identity, the ad platform can't match that activity back to the user. Unmatched events don't help reduce your ad costs. And then um, just talked about like email, phone, click ID, that's what they use. Uh, so a little bit of plug for, for what I do in the business that I work for Shopify. So we built a lot of these built-in systems where a lot of that transfer just works. Um, and we do it in a couple different ways. We augment the data that the merchant already has to, so that when that data gets passed back to the ad platform, it matches. A um, couple examples of that are uh, TikTok. So we did uh, an integration with TikTok. Um, they found that with the, the type of integration we did, they got 19% more events, so more data. But it also, on average, for the hundreds of thousands of merchants that are using TikTok to advertise, on average, they saw their cost of acquisition drop by 15% just off the board. Um, so um, the different partners that we worked with so far are Meta, TikTok, Pinterest, and Snap. So if you do use uh, Shopify, um, I would suggest, and, and, and you do want to advertise on those platforms, I would suggest using uh, those apps that are there. And um, it really does the best to get the most out of your probably minimal ad budget. Uh, so a couple of the key points, ad platforms know a lot about their users. The missing link is what happens on your site, what people are buying, who those people are. And then basically the better the data transfer between your site and the ad platform, the lower the cost of ads. Uh, if, if you don't use Shopify and you're selling online, uh, something to maybe ask uh, your team or, or, or perhaps, perhaps yourself if you're, you're into this stuff is uh, server-side server data transfer and different data augmentation techniques. Uh, that's really gonna help, uh, especially going forward with third-party cookies going away. So I think that's it. Yeah, so I referenced a couple of the books. Um, those are two kind of meaty topics, but I went pretty quick through a lot of them. So I'm happy to, to, to you know, answer any questions you may have, but uh, hopefully some of that was helpful. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, for people that may not have heard the question, uh, this gentleman just purchased flip-flops, and he's still getting targeted by flip-flop ads. What's happening? Um, yeah, that's a huge opportunity lost. Uh, so what might have happened is the data transfer, you might have had an ad blocker, would have blocked that. Uh, you may have opted out of you know, tracking, which, which is good too. So that basically means that whatever ad platform is serving up those ads to you doesn't know that you purchase. So they're wasting money on him because he already purchased. He's not going to buy another pair of flip-flops again. 
And they're also wasting money on not being able to know that person purchased to find other people on the platform like you to get those people to purchase. Yeah. Yeah, good example. It's so annoying too. Right? Why, yeah, why are you wasting your money? Yeah. Uh, so we, we built out the prototype. Uh, we transferred about half a million dollars of, of money across uh, about 10 different renovations. And um, at the time it was developed, it was considered a business that didn't need to set itself up as uh, reporting to, to FinTrack because we were sending, we were remitting money for uh, renovation specifically. So that legal opinion happened. And then I think about a year later, after we got some results and, and we got the, the product built, um, we were told that was not the case anymore. Didn't want to take that risk. And uh, if we were to be like a FinTrack business, right there, it costs you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of reporting and risk and, and different things. I'm, I'm, I'm not a banker, but um, it, it's, it, it wasn't worth it to the bank to keep going. So, oh, okay, yeah, so they, they basically cut it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally, you want repeat usage. But, uh, sorry, what do you mean? Like, how, how do you manage, like, if you're only selling to one person once? Oh, yeah, I'm not an expert on that. Um, yeah. So what I've seen in the past, though, with, with other businesses, and there's people much more skilled at, at these types of things, is uh, things that would potentially be complementary and what they're buying. So, for instance, if you know somebody's buying flip-flops and it's wintertime, perhaps they're going on like a vacation. So you might want to target them, you know, with other swimsuit or something like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It depends on the type of business, and I, that's not my area of expertise. All right, great questions. Thank you. Sorry, my slides are so ugly. It's not my forte. Yeah. passing that data. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my team, we work on what's called the customer behavior. So, we're part of our larger team, too, that's called Engage. Uh, that team has, we have a, an email tool, we have like a chat tool. But me specifically, I'm like the data transfer uh, manager, and it's both with uh, with pixels on the client side, and then also we've done the, the server side stuff. Uh, we have a, a built-in identity graph for each merchant. Um, that's managed by a different team, but we, we utilize that data to, to augment the data that's sent off to the, the ad platforms.